0: Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red Club exclusive podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison and on this week's bonus episode of the show is an in-depth look at Adama Traore, a player who just keeps on getting linked with Liverpool whenever that transfer window is open. Joining me first is the Birmingham Mail's Wolves reporter, Alex Dickon. I'll be joined after that by our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Thorst. We're going to be speaking about the Spanish winger to try and get to the bottom of those transfer links. Alex, I have to be honest with you, I'm not fully convinced on him. He's always felt like a player who's got a lot to give, but he's just not quite got to the level that we once thought he might have done. Is that a fair sort of assessment of his career so far from what you've seen of him at Wolves?
1: Not for me. That's that's. Probably a fair assessment coming from someone who doesn't watch him like you know every week. Um, I think that's what I always speak to Wolves fans about. You know, when you rivals of other fans of other clubs, you know, search Adama Traore, they initially look at his stats. Um, and I think last season they didn't make it for great reading. I think he only got two assists and two goals in the Premier League and didn't get his first goal contribution till about April, I think, or something. So, um, I don't think it's necessarily fair. You know when you watch him live every week, you know, he's the player who gets you off your off your seat. He's the most exciting player, one of the most exciting players in the Premier League for me. Um, he can do things that no one else in the league can do, um, which is why so many managers, you know, Jurgen Klopp speaks so highly of him, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho in the past, um, because he can do these great things. Um, last season, I think it's worth mentioning that you know, Pedro Neto is Wolves player of the season, but you know, he was nowhere near as decisive as Traore was. If Traore wasn't in that team, in the final four months of that campaign, I think Wolves are bang in trouble. Um, I think in their final 14 games, they won four and Troro was decisive in all four games. Without him, they wouldn't have won them as simple as, simple as that. Um, he wasn't as good as the season before, but I think the chance creation and things, you know, the stats were the same. Um, it's just Raul Jimenez wasn't there to, to get on the end of the chance he's creating. Um, Wolves had a real striking issue last season with, obviously, Fabio still was learning his trade when he first came to the club and wasn't, um, he wasn't ready to step up. I think it's as simple as that. And then when William Jose came in in January, he was just really poor. So um, I don't think that can be, Ray's lack of numbers can be really attributed to him. I think it was more of a, a striking issue Wolves had and a game plan issue that Nuno had.
0: Do you think then next season it's a case of he could kick on and get those numbers to to back up you know the the general performances if you have Jimenez back in the side for example there's a different sort of feel do you think then people would would look at him with a slightly different perception
1: we were having this conversation yesterday actually um because if Wolves do play it looks like it could be a 3-4-3 again but it'd be a more attacking 3-4-3 and Troy we think will play on the left of it um again Jimenez will be back but large everything he's doing is kind of geared towards being attacking so whereas Nuno is very defensive um so it should get the best out of the attacking players so we were saying yesterday um, Troy has got two years left on his deal um even if he doesn't sign a new contract which isn't looking likely at the moment then maybe we'll just keep him for six months and bank on him having a really good six months going into January and then potentially sell him then when his value is higher because at the moment his stock does seem quite low you know the fees that have been thrown around i think up to about 40 million um, if Liverpool played, played 45 for Jota, you know, given the way Jota and Troy both played in 2019-20, I'd, I'd be wanting 60 for Traore easily. So um, it's it's just a case of kind of holding on to him and hoping that his form, his form not his form, but his numbers improve and the Premier League starts to take notice of how good he is again. Um, and I think it will, the way he played the last six months of last season. Obviously, I know he didn't play at the US of Spain, but the boost of going... Um, and that experience. He's come back to preseason. He played two games over the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and was electric in both of them. Um, so it feels like everything's geared up for him to do well. Again, it's just whether he stays. You know, there's gonna be so much interest in him and with the price tag, and I think Wolves will probably sell one of their top players, whether it's Troy or Ray or Neves. Um I don't know. I think we were speaking about like this again yesterday. I'd probably rather Nevers go than Troy or Ray because I think Troy is irreplaceable to Wolves so um I think he could he could have a really good 6 months and then leave a big money in January and if he doesn't you know and he has a really good 12 months and leaves next summer Wolves are probably still going to get what they're going to get now so I don't think it makes a great deal of sense selling at this moment in time to be honest but they probably could mm-hmm.
0: How likely do you you think that is then that they would be prepared to to let him go? Let's say someone came in with sort of £30 million or or so that we've seen a few links. Do you think that would be enough or or would it take a lot more this summer, just as you say, because there is that feeling that he could become something in the next few months?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a feeling from fans that he could become. But I just, I have a feeling that Fosun, in order to the business they want to do between now and the end of the window, um, They've already. Jeff Shea, the chairman, has already said that that they're not going to keep throwing money in. Um, Wolves are going to have to sell something, and then they can spend the money from there. So I think one of Troy or Neves is going to have to leave um, for them to do the business they want to do. I don't think it'd be a massive issue if they both stayed. Um, Wolves still wouldn't have. You know, Wolves need a defender. Wolves probably need another midfielder, but they might not get them if Troy or um, Neves stay. So it's a case of probably one of them leaving. Um I don't really know which one is more likely at this at this moment in time. I think Traore is probably more desirable to a lot of clubs because you can get Traore and quite easily, have him as a, a sub. You know, if, if you pay 40 million, I think most clubs would pay forty million and have Traore as a sub to start with, and then obviously that improve himself and it wouldn't be a great, you know, a greater cost to a club like Liverpool or, you know, Chelsea or something. Um Whereas Neves, you, you know, you're not gonna have him as a sub If he goes somewhere, he's gonna have to be a starter. So um I think Troy feels more likely to leave, especially given the contract situations. Neves got an extra year, so Wolves would probably be willing to let him run down another year. But um I'm f- I'd be very disappointed if they sold him for 30 million. Like that's a, that's joke money considering what it would have been would have been 12 months ago. And that that is purely based on, you know punching his name into a search engine and seeing the stats that he had last the season before last compared to last season. I think he got something like twenty odd assists um in all competitions the season before. So it makes no sense to sell him now, in my opinion, especially when you're looking at under forty million. Um hold on hold on to him for six months, selling for sixty million.
0: Where do you think his his best position is? I mean, obviously for for Liverpool it's a, a pretty defined four three three. They've mm-hmm. obviously got Mane and, and Salah either side. Is that the sort of position that you think he'd be best in, or, or is there maybe a slightly different role that he could play uh, as well?
1: Um, his preference is definitely to plan the right of a front three. Um, that's where I think he thinks he plays best football. For Wolves at the moment, I'd probably put him on the left of a front three purely because they've got Nelson Same on the other side. And it just kind of Troy's so much a one man band that he doesn't want a going to fall back, he's gonna overlap him. Um Whereas if you play on the left at Liverpool, for example, he'd drift inside and Robertson could still overlap. But at Wolves, he plays in the right where he wants to play. He doesn't want Samedo getting near him, so it's just a case of Samedo has no influence on the game, uh, going forward anyway. Okay. Um, so at the moment for Wolves, it's working better with, they've got Trincao on the right, who comes inside. Torre on the left, who is allowed to hold the touchline, but again, primarily comes inside. But even then, Wolves have got Marcel okay. behind him, who's not the most attacking player in the world, so it works. Um, so for Wolves at the moment, probably on the left. But if he was at Liverpool, I'd, I'd definitely say on the right. Because, um, again, Trent's a sort of fullback back who crosses from deep, isn't he? More, more so than getting to the byline, so that would work. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say at Liverpool on the right of a front three, he'd be ideal. But, again, he can play on the left. Stick him anywhere and just give him freedom and don't make him waste his energy, tracking back, and he's perfect.
0: And just finally then, I think for, for me, I think if Liverpool were to move for him, I think he'd be a pretty good sort of impact substitute. I don't think he's necessarily one to start every game or, or things like that, but he would be a player that you'd look at coming off the bench as an opponent and think, oh, you, you know, you really could do without that with 20 minutes to go in a, in a tight game. But do you think he'd be prepared at this moment in his career, 25 now, sort of approaching those peak years? Do you think he'd be happy to, to do that sort of role or is he a, a sort of player who'd prefer to be the main man being in that team week in, week out?
1: I think everyone prefers the main man, but I think, you know, if a club like Liverpool did come in for him and um, everything was right, I think he's the sort of person who would probably prepare to accept that he's not going to be a guaranteed starter straight away and work his way into the team. Um, I know that was a frustration last season when he was on the bench at the start for Wolves because obviously, you know, he'd been Wolves' best player by a mile the season before, so I don't think he understood why he was on the bench. Um, I don't think anyone else did either. But uh, but if he was going to a top, top club, I could potentially see him accepting a lesser role and then working his way into the team, yeah. Um, it's difficult with Liverpool because they've got such a set front three um, that I don't think... That's, I think that's a problem that they've had, you know, with Shakira. Origi. I don't think they've got players. I don't think they can attract top-class players who are going to want to go and risk sitting on the bench for two years, which is what's happened to Shakiri and um, obviously Origi. So, I think Liverpool's a different one. I think Chelsea's probably a better option because if he goes there, he could quite easily play as a wing-back in Tuchel's system as well. could play as a wing-back, play right wing, could play left wing. um, could even play through the middle because they haven't got a natural striker. Um so, yeah, I think that gives him more option, especially because he can play three or four positions, um, than going to Liverpool where he is effectively going to play two positions and they are already taken by Salah and Money.
0: Interesting stuff. Alex Dickin. thank you very much. You've almost convinced me that Liverpool should move for him. So, uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. <laughs> and I'm now joined by our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorse, for the second half of the show. Gorse, thanks for joining me. What do you make of these Adama Traore links? I mean... It's one that we've seen hundreds of times in the past. He never seems to to go away with Liverpool.
2: He doesn't know. um, He's an interesting one because Liverpool, we know from the the Diogo Jota deal last year that Liverpool have a good relationship with Wolves. There was plenty of kind of acrobatics, if you like, over the financials of how that deal was structured and Liverpool were paying off a certain amount this summer and a certain amount next. And and there was plenty of add-ons and so on regarding... His, uh, his performance while at Anfield. And, and Wolves were very kind of agreeable to the terms. Um, that was one of the reasons why the club were able to to move for Jota as opposed to Ismail Assar at Watford, who just demanded £40 million straight up, take it or leave it. Um, so we know Liverpool get on well with Wolves. Um, Keanu Hoover going the other way kind of helped keep that relationship um, good, fresh and, and you know on good terms, as we say. So, um if there was to be, you know, kind of a movement from Liverpool, then they know that Wolves are a, are a team who who they can speak to and, and they can get on the phone to and, and you know, there won't be any kind of issue, you know, or whatever it may be. So that um, sometimes goes a little bit under the radar, but that that's a, that's a big part of, of negotiations and transfer talks, basically just having good relationships with certain clubs. And, and you look throughout Liverpool's squad, and I think that kind of stands up when you look at... You've obviously spoken to Roma for salah and allison seem to have <clears throat> struck a couple of um of top deals for those two obviously relationships were built at southampton for, to resurrect the move for vail Van dyke and sadio Mane is obviously someone who, who they've spoken to about previously and and um, the red bull group uh, you know Naby Keita, Ibrahim canate and um, even Mane to an extent i'm sure they've got background on him so uh, liverpool and bull seem to be um a good kind of you know partnership if you like in terms of um what they can do and, and what they can't do in the market so i think from that perspective um these adama links uh i don't, I don't know how kind of speculative they are at this stage he, he isn't someone who, who i'm aware of who is a you know an active target and, and they're going to be looking to bring in you know imminently but I, th- I think looking at it and who liverpool will be looking to bring in you know the, the type of profile the age the Ability to play in a number of positions. I think um, it, it's, uh, it's you know, from the outside looking in with a bit of insight, it seems to be a credible one. So, um, yeah, um, he's, he's an interesting player. You know, he's had, a, he's had a good age. He's a Spanish international. He's um, not a typical Spanish footballer. He, he's, you know, relies a lot on patient strength. And you think of the Spanish game as very technical and, and adept and nimble midfielders. He's a very, you know, pacey winger and I can play across that front line but um, yeah he's he's, a, he's an interesting player who I always enjoy watching and um, yeah I, I, I don't see this as something that Liverpool would be um, completely dismissive of you know when, when they look, they're looking through the targets and perhaps he gets brought up but I don't think he'd be someone who'd be shot down instantly by the, the people who look at the recruitment team.
0: Do you think he's sort of a and Klop player do you- sort of see those sort of traits within him I think there's, there's certain elements of him that, that you would think are, are fairly sort of stylistically suited to Liverpool maybe other bits that that aren't do you think there's enough there to to sort of think that he could fit into this Liverpool team Yeah.
2: yes and, and no uh, yes because obviously Liverpool rely on pace in, in the wide areas with Mane and Salah that those two have kind of reshaped Liverpool's attack when Mane moved over to the left and Salah was brought in on the right in 2017 and bill just went up a level when those two kind of kicked on. Um, and in a way, Traore is similar in terms of his pace and his, his ability to scare defenders. You know, if you get isolated one-on-one with him, you've got no chance of it. He'll just take it away from you. And I haven't seen him up close a few times now, watching Liverpool and Wolves games. Um, he scares Liverpool a bit. Um, I noticed Robertson tried his best not to give him an inch in the game at Molyneux in the season before last. And... I think Traore set up the goal for for Raul Jimenez that night with with a lovely cross. So he's definitely a a player who kind of strikes fear into the defenders and and that is obviously what Liverpool would look for in a wide player. But I think the issue for him probably at the moment would be his goals and assists return. I mean, last season, a little bit of a caveat that Jimenez was injured for so long with that horrendous fractured skull, but uh, it it was only two goals and two assists for for Traore. Um, you'd, You'd have to improve those numbers. If you are to move to liverpool uh, the season before was a little bit better and um, i think he got nine assists and and uh doubled his goals with, with four which again is not incredible but uh certainly better than the season before and I, and I think it's widely accepted that um he had a better season the 2019-20 than he did last season of course you know he wasn't the only one in that regard was he um particularly for Wolves, who, didn't have a, a particularly great season. But um, there are some things there that Klopp would love to work with, I'm sure. And, you know, if you can turn those raw materials into something a bit more polished, then he, he would be, uh, I, I think, I think he's a player who's ready to kind of take that next step. I really think he's a he's a superb player with, with plenty of potential. Um, it's just a case of, as you say, kind of um, polishing the, the rough edges. And um, believe it or not, it was actually Tony Pulis who, who, who uh, you know, he's credited with bringing his game on immensely. Um, was he, I think he might have been a wing-back at, at Middlesbrough and Pulis used to play him on on the side that was nearest to the touchline so we could basically shout at him and encourage him and tell him what to do. So um, I think if Traore ever speaks about it, he's always keen to give Pulis the credit on that one. And um, I, I just think, you know, if he was a clock player coming on for Liverpool for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, what he, what he could do in that Liverpool front line.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? I think I look at him and think if you could get him for, for a sort of, say, 20, 25 million, I don't know how realistic that is, but it would be an instant upgrade on, say, a Rigi or a Shakiri who've not necessarily made a, a huge impact. I think if you're an opposition defender, there's 20 minutes left at Anfield and you see Adama Traore's coming on, you'd, you'd really be quite concerned about that, I would think.
2: Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I think it might be different in terms of teams tend to sit back with numbers behind the ball down the do field and that space to get in behind isn't always there but um he's not just a, a, a pace merchant. obviously he's very reliant on his speed but he's very nimble you know for the size of him he's built like a, a cruiserweight boxer isn't he or even a heavyweight boxer but moves like a fleet-footed winger and, and gets himself out of the holes and gets himself Get, gets crosses him when, when he has no right to really. And, he, and he's always surrounded by two or three men when he's at Wolves. Um, a little similar to um, to Will Zaha, Crystal Palace. you know They know he's the danger man, so when he has the ball, they get men around him and try and stop him from performing. But if you're at Liverpool, you know, you wouldn't have three defenders trying to close him down because if, if they do, Mohamed Salah or Sadio Mane are free across the other side of the pitch and, and that is the risk that opposition teams would run. So I, I think he, he ticks certainly a lot of boxes and um particularly with his, his value, seems to have you know stock seems to have dropped from that good season he had the year before last and with it you'd know, imagine his value as well. So um I think there there are plenty of intrigue and aspects to um, to these links.
0: I think, as you say, it would almost be a, a typical signing as well. I think he's been valued around sort of £100 million in, in the past. Obviously, Liverpool wouldn't go near him for, for that sort of money. But inside the last couple of years of his contract, you wonder, you know, maybe come January or, or next summer, there might be a little uh, discount on him. But I think he, he's obviously available for, for a lot less than, than what he has been in the past. It, it might be one of those that Liverpool think there's a bit of a, an opportunity to, to go in and, and get what could be a bit of a bargain here.
2: Yeah, possibly. Um it, it kind of divides opinion, doesn't he? Try already loads of people think he hasn't got much about him. Other people think that he's, he's right on the cusp of really becoming a top player and um you know, like anything these days, you know that one side or, or you do the other and you know, he's a player who come through the Barcelona system at La Masia and worked his way up to becoming a, a Spanish international and um that is you know no easy feat is it so um for me i i think he, he really is ready i think what is he 25 now 24 25 i think he, he could become something in this in this premier league um and another thing as well actually is uh, when liverpool signed Jota last summer um someone was telling me about how klopp and, and Pep has kind of accepted that wolves are one of the few teams who work as hard as liverpool without the ball obviously Jota fits into that perfectly, but so, so would try, you know, off the ball, pressing, chasing, paddling, full-backs, t- trying to take, them, t- take possession of them or hurry them into playing the wrong pass or whatever it is. And I think that's obviously a key aspect of, of playing in, you know, a Jürgen Klopp team. Everyone works that hard and, and you've got to, haven't you? So I don't think that would be too much of an issue either. So uh, as I say, there, there are loads of things that, that are ticking boxes in terms of um, – why he would be an ideal fit for Liverpool this summer and yeah um, we we shall see I guess but I, I, I do think Liverpool need a forward I still think they will bring in a forward and yeah there's several reasons as to why Traore would fit the bill
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing we do know is that if Traore does stay at Wolves this summer, I think there'll be one or two more links to Liverpool in the not-too-distant future. Thanks a lot, though, to both of my guests, Alex Dickon and then Paul Gorse, for joining me. Thanks a lot to you too as well for signing up for the Blood Red Club. Until next time, though, goodbye.